When you hear the word or the letters ADHD, what comes to mind? I know that there are a lot of people who all suffer with this and are diagnosed with this, and they struggle. I know that one of my sons has a slight case of this, and he does have some challenges, but overall, he's just moving through the world, and I couldn't be more proud of him. But what if you thought about it differently? What if you thought having ADHD was a superpower that could actually help you if you understood it and harnessed it? Well, that's the conversation that I'm having in this power episode with Brian Fanzo. For many, he is truly successful, international speaker, well-known content creator, business owner, social media expert. I mean, you look at his life and you'd say, wow. But when he shared his journey and how this has uh, led him to be more productive once he understood it, I think this is such an impactful episode to help so many. So let's dive into this power episode of You're in Charge Conversations that Spark Change with the one and only Brian Fanzo. You mentioned your ADHD, and one of the things that I uh, have a lot of respect for, you're very open with that, how it's your superpower. Um, more and more people are sharing more about themselves, honestly, sort of that, again, that behind the scenes, one of the things I've always loved about your content, I mean, even your setup right behind you, you know, it's not, it's, it's, here's all the pieces. If I turn this way, I have a green screen. Uh, here's my board over here. Or, you know, you've done the GoPro and all over. And I think that allows people to see what really it means to be a creative person. So same thing with this, with your ADHD, why did you decide to share that and how has it impacted other people or the feedback that you've been getting from people because you're so open about it? Well, I thank you for bringing that up. You know, it is something important um, and a driving force for me. You know, interestingly enough, you know, I was diagnosed at 31 years old. So I it was nine years ago um, that I was diagnosed. I remember the day like it was yesterday. I know the clothes I was wearing. I know where I parked my Jeep in the parking lot. Like that was that because there was a day for me that I went from feeling like I was broken for most of my life to just feeling like I was reminded that I was different. And when I say that it's, I was extremely successful post-college schooling. It was very tough for me. And I couldn't mm -hmm. ever figure out why like people would say, imagine if you applied yourself. And I was like, I was trying as hard as I could and couldn't solve some of these things that existed. And so being diagnosed was a big, it was a big, I, I it's only probably one of the only times in my life I felt a weight lifted off of me. Like I remember that feeling, but I will say there wasn't like a, okay, now I'm going to go change the world with this conversation. Mm -hmm. It was actually three years later. I was um, on stage and I had really not talked about my ADHD much at all. Like it was like, I was medicated. I, I understood. Um, I started to be a little bit more into the mental health space, you know, from a, from like trying to understand its role with technology, but I was actually giving one of the largest keynotes I've ever given in my entire life. I was at a Amazon Web uh, Services, the AWS event in Moscone inside of uh, San Francisco. And after my 60 minute keynote, I was doing a kind of a Q&A with the audience and someone asked, wow, you are like really your energy. You, you talk fast. You have a lot of things going on, but I can't get enough. Like you must have ADHD or something. And that was like the person's question, like from the audience. And I remember being like, well, actually I do. I was diagnosed a couple of years ago and, and I realized that it you know, impacts every part of my life. But it's also, there's ways that I'm turning it into my superpower. And part of my greatness are the things that ADHD enables. And, you know, and I went on and asked a couple other questions. 
um, or answered a couple other questions. And then afterwards, you know, after you get off stage, there's a line of people that are, are waiting for you. You know, and remember, I gave a 60 minute keynote that I thought was really, really well designed. I would say 85% of the people that came up afterwards talked about my answer mentioning ADHD. And it was someone that had uh, a, a daughter with dyslexia, someone that had actually struggled with autism and she didn't want to tell anyone around her. And I remember in, in the day, actually, about, I was four people left in the line and there was this lady, I could see her, like I was talking to somebody, I could see her, the next person to talk to me. And she was on her phone on FaceTime. And I remember feeling like, it's kind of rude. Like you're waiting in line to talk to me and you're on like this. I, it was about really right. awkward, right? And so like the, that person I was talking to left and I walked down, I was like, ma'am, do you want me to skip you and come back? And she's like, no, no, no. She's like, I have my son on FaceTime and I just told him what you shared about your ADHD on stage. And he's going through some things. He's 21 years old and he's decided that he doesn't want to go to his college classes anymore because he's ashamed by some of the, the things that, that, that exist and he has to deal with anxiety and a couple of things. And I ended up grabbing the phone and, you know, it was very awkward for him because he's like, mom, you know, a 21 year old kid has his mom like handing his phone to some random speaker kid, at, you know, and I just like kind of had a normal conversation and asked him a couple questions. He asked me a couple questions. And then at the end, he was just like, he's like, but why? Like, why are you like putting it out there? And I was like, well, honestly, for me, the more open I am about it, the less power it gives others to hate on me for it or to, to judge me. And ultimately, it allows people to better understand the things that I'm going through. Right. And in many cases, gives them permission to admit what they're going through. And I remember him like kind of like nodding his head. And I just said something, you know, it was very casual at the end. I was like, tell you what, I'll include it in every intro for every time I take the stage. If you're willing to take a, a fresh approach to how you look at this and make sure that you're not letting this one limitation prevent you from showing up. And he said, yes, of course. And, um, and since that day, so since that day, um, I've put it into my pro, you know, it's been part of my, my, uh, you know, my bio when someone introduces me on stage, but it really was the last three years that I kind of leveled it up, probably a level mm -hmm. that most people are seeing now. Yes. And a lot of that had to do with the more I shared about my ADHD, not only did it, did it help others kind of admit the things they have going on, but it, it allowed those that like might look at things that are going on in my life as like me, like Brian, why aren't you replying to my text? Like, I know that you saw the text you're on Twitter or on Instagram, or you're not replying. Well, for me, like the way that our ADHD brains work, part of it is it's not that I don't look at that as a priority. It's just that my brain doesn't stack tasks. Everything is an even plane. And so when other things come up, it just pushes things along. And so those other things could be basic and mundane, but right. just the way that the way that brain works. And so three years ago, I kind of started leaning into a more. And then about 18 months ago, my middle daughter was diagnosed ADHD and dyslexia. And that was a whole nother, you know, I got to see it through a dad's eyes. I also got to see it through, well, what if I was diagnosed at her age? Like, what would I have wanted? How can I approach that? Right. And that meant a lot to me. And truthfully, I haven't really showed this much publicly yet, but it's something that it's coming out is based on going through that with my daughter, I went through testing for dyslexia and was diagnosed now with dyslexia myself. And the interesting part of that is I'm a host and MC for some of the biggest events in the world. And part of the thing I learned for years was I struggle pronouncing some people's last names. And what I did was I came up with my own way where I would go to them and say, what do your friends call you? What's a nickname? I want to introduce you by that. And they, everyone always thought that was me hyper-personalizing, but right. really it was me it was me covering for something that I struggled with, right? It was like, a, it was a coping mechanism that like everyone I introduced, I always, you know, use a slang or their, their nickname because then I didn't have to mess up their, their last name. And so 
that interesting part of that for me and where we're at today. And I think the pandemic taught us this more than anything else, right? Like nobody, no matter what your job title is, no matter how much money you make for a living, it's not going to stop your kid from walking behind your zoom call, right? It's right. not going to, it's not gonna, like, like the human condition that exists around it. Like we all have those things that are going on. And so I think the beauty where we're at right now and where like ADHD shows up for me was that I don't need people to, to stop or to change everything to work with me. But if I, if they understand how I work best and I understand how you work best and we can meet in the middle I believe that's how we can all look at, you know, all of the things in our lives. So like my, my main focus for it now is I want everyone to look at their vulnerabilities that they have and shift their mindset rather than thinking of it as a vulnerability. Think of it. What things does that vulnerability empower that only I can do? And it's a, you know, it's a beautiful space we're in. I think mental health as a priority right now is such a refreshing thing. I grew up in a house that, you know, medicine, mental health, you know, none of those things were ever discussed or you know right, uh, right. existed yet my daughters know at 2 40 in the afternoon that it's time for daddy to take his second dose of adderall like they know that in like in the conversation because i want them to know that i you know i am not perfect and things like that right. exist so yeah for me it's a it's a beautiful like arena where we're at and and ultimately i think the reason i'm so avid you know out loud about it is less about the adhd but it's more about hey i just want to give everybody permission to be be okay and be proud of who they are. And that includes the things that are our vulnerabilities. No. And, and, and what's really wonderful about that is my youngest son, same thing, diagnosed ADHD and dyslexia and, you know, he's doing fine, but you know, once you unlock that, he would, then all of a sudden they go, Oh, and my oldest one we tested because once we tested the youngest one for dyslexia, we noticed the older one was having, and all of a sudden and, and what I loved about what you said, it was, it was, it made sense. All of a sudden you realized why you struggled, you know, like he was saying, oh, that makes sense why it was so hard. And he's an A student. And they were saying, yep. do you know how hard it is with what he has to be able to do that? And so I would talk to him. He says, well, you know, I don't know. I just kept doing it, figuring it out. Now, all of a sudden he'll say it, oh, I'm dyslexic. And, yep. but it was permission to say, oh, that was hard. But more importantly, now they're getting strategies to help them move For sure. forward to be able to do that. So I think to to your point, the more that you talk about it, and the other thing I lo really loved about it is you give it less power over you when you talk about it. You know, it's like Eminem, right? Nine miles, yeah. if, I if I talk about it, then you can't yep. make fun of it because it doesn't bother me. So you look silly doing that. But I think, and I've seen the reaction to, to your really, you know, your strength, uh, and willingness to stand up there and, and, and be that person that other people can look at and be able to say, well, if he did this, look what I can do. And more importantly, just to have that impact to say, we all have something. So call it what it is and move on, figure out the strategy. And I think that's just incredibly, incredibly admirable when I, and when I saw that. And so I wanted to touch base on that one, because Thank it's you. personal to me, but I see the passion that you have it for you as well. So, and, I, and I'll, and I'll sit just real quick. I'll just no, throw no, on no. there. I had someone this past week, one of the biggest name people that I am even in the circle of in the industry mm -hmm. that I've looked up to for years, send me a direct message via Twitter and said, Hey, can I get on the phone with you? And I will tell you, was one of those moments of, wait, wait, we're sure, like, of course, what we, what we have the discussion, and, and she opened up that she was diagnosed with some autism, and she's going through some things that, and I will tell you the 
the feeling, the, 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 the information she shared with me and how the fact that someone had turned her on to my openness with ADHD before she went through the testing and that connection to like, oh, hey, there are people that are owning it that are successful. And I love that you mentioned with your, with your son, like, you know, that the, the reason I believe a lot of this is also coming to light was there were a lot of things that were misdiagnosed or assumptions, right? Like I was the youngest senior VP ever in a company of 20,000 people and a government contractor. And when I was diagnosed, I was, it still was like the, oh my God, goodness. Like imagine all the things that I, like to the point of me having to change the way I said people's last names, right? You almost develop these coping. But I will also say, you know, I'm a business, I'm, I'm all for business, right? And people will often ask, and I've had this discussion a lot on Brian, your ADHD, do you think it like makes things worse or harder or like you know, people are going to judge? And, and I know the people are probably going to judge and there are maybe people that will, if there's equal grounds and they're like, oh, you know what, I'm going to have, Brian might need, you know, there might be some more things. I'm okay understanding that. But I will say for me, the conversations, the connections that it's opened up by simply just explaining the things I'm going through have been life-changing. And like that phone call this past week. And I mean, she broke down in tears and this is someone that I hold on like the highest of all high pedestals. And, and we're going to, we're going to do the story together. She wants me to, to, we're going to do a piece of content together on it. Mm -hmm. But for me, it was, I even told her at the end, I was like, I won't tell anyone that you called or that this conversation ever happened. Like, I want you to go on your own journey. She's like, no, she's like, don't mention my name yet until we put out a piece of content on it and like make something on it. But she's like, no, that you've, you've changed the way that I'm even going through this to understand the way to look at it. And I mean, for me, like in like my, like the why I'm doing all of this was that phone call alone right there was something that I would have, I wished I had someone to call nine years ago when I was diagnosed, right. I just said, Hey, th you got these things going on. You have to own it. And so, yeah, I just wanted to share that. Cause like, cause I think also in this like world of business we're at right now, there are a lot of things that you have to do risk versus reward, right? Like what's the risk of me sharing this about me? What's the rewards of me sharing? And I think oftentimes rewards, we sometimes look at the rewards in like the, well, people are going to better understand me individually or, or no, now I'm, you know, if I don't reply to an email, someone's going to give me a little bit more grace. But I think the rewards is like that human aspect, like that, like just like that someone that I was there for someone that I didn't even know knew who I was right. in many ways. Like to me, that's the beauty of what we're doing online. Like even you sharing right there about your kids and getting them both tested, right? There are a lot of people that are like, oh, well, you know what, if, if you're getting them tested, if, you, if, if Glenn is, is looking at that, maybe I need to go back and approach that because it's not about everything we've done up until this day being wrong. It's just, we are at a place now where we can approach things differently and we can go at them in a way that maybe will shift the dialogue because our schools and our corporate world are broken when it comes to, to setting up for neurodiverse success, right? They are not built for that at all right now. And I don't believe they will be until we move the conversation into the public forum because they, I don't blame them for not being built for neurodiversity because if you were neurodiverse, which is like, for those that don't, you know, it, it's all of the different things from autism to dyslexia, to anxiety, to uh, ADHD, the other, all of the, the, uh, the neurodiverse concept is that your brain just works differently. Yeah. And Wired because, differently. Right. Yeah. And, and for me, like, I mean, I'm a very emotional person, right? Like, and, and I'll just share this last piece. Like I was the kid, I played college hockey. I was very successful in sports. Every sport I played in, in high school, like I tried out for a team, I made it, but I was never the best. Uh, I was always, the, like, I would always say like, 
I was probably the smartest on the floor. I could see the most, right? And now mm-hmm. I know why. But I was the one that if a coach yelled at me, I took it so personally, I would start crying. Right. And I will tell you, I'm a college hockey player on the bench. My sophomore year, we're undefeated. And the coach berates me about my position. And I just start bawling, like full on tears. So what we all know that locker room is crybaby fanzo. Like, you know, and but for me, the tears were how I, I, because I, I took everything personally. But then I was always the one that would be able to sit with it, look at the coach and go, put me out there. I'll prove you wrong this time. And I would jump out. And I learned now looking back, there are a lot of people that have that same like reject, rejection sensitivity disorder like I have that are very emotional, but they have not got to a place where they're comfortable with letting it externally exist. Sure. The amount of kids today, the amount of people today that take that and personally go sit by themselves and, and struggle, you know, in those dark closets, the dark rooms for me, when I started just like kind of like leaning, Hey, it was just who I am and what I was all about. The idea of that now, like if I could just go back in, in new in college, Hey, Brian, the, there are parts of your brain. Like, and I, I did, we did a brain scan. My parts of my brain are flipped. And the part of my brain that usually would trigger for someone to take in that feedback and take that from like a, you know, a responsive is where my emotions are set. And so like my crying is me, me accepting it. And it's nothing I'm doing wrong. Right. I, right. the amount of times I was told as a kid, suck it up, Brian, boys don't cry in the baseball field, Brian, you gotta be kidding me. I was, you know, I was taken home and it was, it, and it was not, no fault of anyone that was doing it at the time. But like, for me, like that is like the example of like, understanding now if we give people permission to understand themselves in those moments you won't go into those dark closets you will kind of accept that and and for me if i can if just sharing this once in one podcast one episode impacts one person you know i feel like uh, you know everything has been worth it no and i and i think the conversation and and you're standing there and my understanding now you know it it's just an idea if you think about it just from a very simple level or the way i think about it is that you know it's like a computer his brain processes information differently than someone else's and that's okay because within you know if we stop with the labels like that's bad well no not really because when i see other people who now i know have that they're some of the most productive focused individuals like they'll sit there and they'll do the research and they'll get it done but in this other arena they might be a little more awkward where on the flip you're really great in this one but you struggle over here so it's getting away from the labels of good or bad and just starting to put your arms around what does this person need to be successful they need a little more time they need a little more they need some reminders this person needs uh you to pat them on the back this person yeah you're right i think that's where what you were saying is businesses and schools because it's still built on a factory mentality of we need everybody to be doing it sort of the same way because it's easier to manage 20 30 whatever size classroom or business i have a team of 40 people i can't worry about everybody's little but that's really what leadership i think is going to have to evolve into to understand those people because great leaders do understand that and they do give the people that space to understand that I don't talk to Brian first thing in the morning because if I bother him, he needs to, he needs to set his day up or this other person, if I don't say good morning to them, they think I'm mad at them and they're not productive for the whole day. Right. That's really what we have to get to. But I think the more that, especially people who are viewed as successful and I, that's again, why I have such admiration for what you're doing because people will look at you and say, Oh, 
he's got it made. Look at that because they're looking at the external. They don't know one, the struggles that you've gone through. And then now all of a sudden you unlocking that to go, oh, that's why it was a pain in the ass in college. Oh, <laughs> that makes yep. sense now. And now you're going, okay, now I can think. But I would challenge, and this is where always looking in hindsight 2020, if you had been given that those things at early college or early on, would you be the person you are today? Right? Probably not. Again, Probably, if, yeah, you're right. You know, you got to look at it and say, well, if so, then I'd be somewhere else. And then, yep. yeah, maybe I would be having an impact, but maybe I would have stayed in that military job forever and not challenged myself. And that would have been great. But look at the impact that you're having right now. One yep. for all the people who listen to your content for yourself, for your family. I mean, it's easy to look in hindsight. We think that if we change it, we'll be where we are today, but just better. And right. I'm always going, you probably wouldn't be here. And so that's something. So again, so it's, and I tell you, it took me like four years to go from mm -hmm. why did no one tell me that? Why, what would my life be different to wow. All of that allowed me to get to where I'm at. Right. And I, and I would say the, the two people that I've been throwing out a lot, Simone Biles, gymnast, you know, yes. you know, and Michael Phelps are both ADHD diagnosed. They are both been medicated since they were young. And when you look at success, you look at drive, motivation, uh, you know, commitment, you know, a lot of the things that oftentimes we're like, oh, you can't have this because you're successful, you're driven, you're accountable. Um, they had people around them that like took over, you know, things that were like, hey, if I struggle with this, this is something that I need someone else to help me with. And I think right. for anyone that's like in this the dialogue. I love that the idea that we do have to approach things as not going back, but being like, okay, all of this happened for me to get to here. And now what can we do with this moving forward? Yes, and I think it's, it's about moving forward. Absolutely. Yep. Because that's the key. We have a tendency to look backwards and say, well, why did I have to go through this struggle? In, instead of saying I am who I am today through that struggle, now that I've realized this, what can I do to move my life forward, my families, but also to help others? Because, you know, if, 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 to your point, if I standing on stage inspires one person, if I share, you know, what my children go through and that allows someone else to go, Oh, wow, this is how you did that. I mean, I think that's where we have, we have a responsibility to, share that message out, especially if we're in a position as you are standing on stages in front of people, um, that is probably having as much impact as anything that you can help people with technology, because really one of the things that you always say is you're connecting the people and your focus on the people, you know, it could be, Hey folks, one of the other things is a company you got to focus on is focusing on your people in this way. I mean, it, yep. it, it's really amazing. Well, I hope you got a lot out of that episode. I know I did. Just that conversation with him, you know, made me think, man, I'd love to be able to, and I know he will, if I ask him, is to have him talk to my kids to understand that this is not something uh, to look at as a negative, that it can be useful if you understand it and embrace it and look at it through that lens so again thank you brian for being so open and honest and sharing and please connect with him as he said i social fans with a z um you can get him uh, that's where he is on all social media uh, outlets or you can just type in brian fanzo there's only one out there and please connect with him he will definitely reach out with you so again please 
Uh, make sure that you do subscribe to the podcast on Apple or if you're an Android user or on Spotify. It means the world to me that you spend some time today. Please share this episode out. I know a lot of people who do struggle or know someone who has ADHD. This could be very beneficial and helpful to them. So thank you so much for your attention. As I say at the end of every episode, you're in charge, but now Brian gave you a few more tools to help you become more successful both personally and professionally. Thank you so much. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you.